Wrestle Plug for 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 life. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hashtag get plugged in. The refreshing, empowering moment that we have all wanted from WWE. It's like ordering a, a medium pizza and then turning up with an extra large and a bottle of Coke. You absolute moldy cheese fucking baby bell dairy lead dunker shit. What happens is these fucking people live in this fantasy land. Everyone got their shit in. Everyone got each other over. Everyone looked good and made the industry look great. People need to fucking back the fuck off Ronda Rousey. New to oh. wrestling talent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the WrestlePlug podcast. If you listen to this in audio platform, congratulations. You're missing out on seeing my beautiful face. Oh, you lucky bastards. But this is the YouTube channel for WrestlePlug. This is the WrestlePlug podcast. Wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching, thank you for joining us. This is our WWE Fastlane 2021 review. I'm Aaron Nix, and joining me to discuss it is, of course, the Maple Leaf Magician and the Duke of Diabetes himself, the King of Canada, Kyle Wilkinson. Ah, King of Canada, buddy. Yeah, relax, guys. <laughs> hey, just relax. This pair of viewers, okay, buddy. <laughs> You're a Canadian, so, you know, I'm expecting you to be reasonably happy with what you saw. Or will you be? Let's find out. Did you watch the pre-show? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, it turns out we missed the United States Championship not changing hands we also missed retribution dumping poor ali to the curb leave, leaving him behind just dropping him on his ass happy days off you go son um just quickly racist. do you think this is the right move i think it's racist they're just doing it because he's muslim isn't he that's it no <laughs> yeah, man, it's black so i guess he's got you know, a bit of black on Muslim crime. I was I was really hyped when Ali first joined because I thought it would actually be a vehicle for him to kind of get that push. And then uh, it didn't. Like, yeah, this was... It's not worked out that way. No, hopefully... I mean, he's such a charismatic, really nice guy in real life. I think if they turn him face again, he could have a hopefully a really good run. But I don't know. Yeah. I'm a... I'm a little nervous. I think his career is pretty dead in the water at this point, at least in terms of WWE. You know, you, you can resurrect guys a couple of times, and they've done that with him reasonably well. But every time he looks like he's going to take their next level, I'm sorry, as someone of Middle Eastern descent, I truly believe that a lot of it has to do with the fact that he is a Muslim. The fact that how many Middle Eastern guys get the push? I had Jordan Saeed on a podcast the other day, one of my fellow brothers. And, you know, we were both talking about how amazing it would be to have the first ever all-Arab main event in English wrestling. Um, you know what? Everyone else gets their representation. Why can't we have ours? Just saying. And when people say Iron Sheik, dude, that was in the 80s. <laughs> Iron Sheik was champion before I was born. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I love Sheiky, baby. But it is what it is. Um, Matt Riddle retains and then has a nice little backstage hoo-ha with Shinsuke Nakamura, who even in his, shall we say, rather eclectic mind, found him to be thoroughly unbearable and went and took a fucking piss halfway through his nonsensical ramblings of a promo. So, yeah. Riddle, great in-ring talent, horrible allegations levied against him, and also a fucking horrible gimmick to boot. Yeah. The, I'm sure... I mean, I, I think they showed the end of the match. It was like a top rope row 
whatever the, whatever the fuck they call his finisher because it's just bro, bro, hyphen, bro hyphen something, and I don't care. I don't know. Don't care. The nah. broing hammer. I don't know. Whatever. Don't give a shit. Fucking let's move on. So to start the show proper, the women's tag team titles were on the line and it pretty much panned out how we said it was going to pan out. There were shenanigans. There was arguments. Both teams were arguing at the beginning, which I found slightly refreshing, actually, because normally it's only one team that has, you know, dissension. And they kept banging on about John Cena and Shawn Michaels. Did you know? Shut up, Michael Cole. He was fucking appalling on this show. Can we just... Yeah. Finally put this yeah. to bed. Michael Cole sucks so hard. And I couldn't help but think, wow, if Vic Joseph, Beth Phoenix, and Wade Barrett were calling the main event, I think it would have been five stars. I really... I'd still take Michael Cole now over Kurt JR. That's very, very true. And I'd definitely still take him over Tony Schiavone, who basically looks like a homeless version of himself. So it is what it is. Um, yeah. What do you think of this match? It wasn't much to write home about, was it? It wasn't offensive. It wasn't terrible, but I didn't think it was a great deal. Once again, you know, it was nice to see Shayna Baszler get a win because I feel like Shayna Baszler has been woefully underutilized. But even then, they still look quite weak coming out of it with a win. Yeah, I mean, you know, she gets the pin on Sasha. So, you know, she pinned the women's champion. (laughs) Reggie. (laughs) Fuck off with that guy, man. I swear to God. I actually find him quite entertaining. (laughs) He, he's simping Sasha Banks, and I get that, because we all do. Like, I was going to say, like you wouldn't be in that no. scenario. Although yeah. there's going to be some serious simping when it comes to Randy Orton's match. Oh, my days. Yeah, I get that. But, I mean, you know, Jackson, Baszler win. Sasha slaps Bianca in the face. Is she turning heel? Going, you're the rookie. Slap. I, I don't know. They have three weeks to make the build for this match not shit. And they better deliver, or I'm going to be going into Mandy Week and going, wow, this is a thing that's going to happen. Yeah, it was a match. <laughs> I'm glad that the tag team champions retained. That's the one plus, I will say, because at one point I really thought, oh shit, they're actually going to just put the belt straight on them, aren't they? Because they did a couple of turns. They tried their best in a lot of these matches, I think, to try and give you double swerves. So you thought, you know, because there's such a predictable nature to what WWE does, you're probably sitting there thinking, oh, here we go. They're going to do this. Oh, fuck me. They're probably going to do this instead. And instead, you know, they tried to swerve you, but still came back to what you were expecting. So I don't know really what to make of that. But I appreciate the fact they put some effort in there. But the first half of this show was written pretty pretty horribly if i'm being honest anything further to add about the tag match sir no just you re- reiterate what you said it went exactly as we said it would the tag team championships were used as a tool to fuel a singles feud because that's all they've been used for for the last two years hooray now then speaking of tools <laughs> um biggie defended his ic tile against apollo cruz and you know what i had a very keen eye on this because of course as you know the Aaron nicks rule is if you're in a blood feud if you start with a collar and elbow tire i immediately deduct you 20 stars i i get furious and the boys lived up to it well do you know what the first five minutes of this match were fucking incredible i was like oh my god yes go on fucking kill him go on do him son do him do oh it's done what? It was very abrupt, wasn't it? Five minutes 45, this match. Yeah, um, very anticlimactic. 
Now, I would be very curious to see how much longer it was meant to go. Uh, I believe this is just me spitballing. I don't know. But what I watched, and I watched the replay over and over, and I thought, I actually don't think the referee's at fault. I'm seeing a lot of people take it. I think it was Jessica, Jessica Carr, excuse me, who was the referee for the match. I actually think she did her job properly because at no point was Apollo Cruz's shoulders off the mat, and you count the person who's... Let's be honest, right? How much shitter and how much less legit are you going to look as an official if you just count to two and then assume they're going to kick out and they don't yeah you just like leave your hand up like no steve you, you would look ridiculous steve linsky is a very no, well-known um british referee over here i did a seminar with him and he said and he is literally refereed everywhere but wwe itself uh he's even refer- refereed and worked for impact and places like that and he said to me you fucking count and i have heard numerous professionals say the same thing you fucking count. It's the same logic. Um, wrestling isn't real, but at the same time, you don't jeopardize people's perception of reality when you're in the ring. Case in point, if I throw a line and you don't duck and I hit you in the face, boo fucking who, you got fucking lined square in the face. It's as simple as that. It is your job to duck. If you don't duck, boo fucking who. It's a clothesline. So I've said it. Um, and that's kind of what happened here. It's just unfortunate because if this had happened after maybe 10, 15 minutes, I would have been like, okay, it's a bit annoying, but whatever. We've got what we kind of need. Feels like they're probably going to drag this out to WrestleMania. Yeah. So it is what it is, but Biggie retains. But of course, in a way, even though it's not a great ending and people are thinking, oh, that was a botch or a clusterfuck or whatever, the good thing is that it still looks shady enough that you can have another match. It's not a definitive ending. It's not something that feels, like I say, definitive. It's something that still can be carried on. Hopefully these guys can resurrect that or at least replicate this match, but much longer at WrestleMania and go one step further and give us the match that we kind of wanted coming out of this build. On the plus side, they've got, what, another three weeks of SmackDown, four weeks Mm -hmm. maybe, to go out there and really amp up the aggression even more. So maybe just keep going with it until WrestleMania and hopefully just reboot and people will forgive this bump in the road, this bump in the fast lane, or the hard Uh fucking shoulder, as this pay-per-view should have been called. Um... Yeah, no, it is what it is. Any other thoughts on that, Mike? No, just, I mean, you know, Apollo got his heat back, giving a beat down at the end of the match with a few, uh, do we call them angle slams? Or are we supposed to call them Olympic slams? Nigerian slams. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I mean, if he's going to start using that as a finisher, I'm okay with that. I've always loved the Olympic slam. I just Leave in your comments I, below what you think Apollo Crews should call his Olympic slam. Um don't try, try, try and be non-offensive. I that mean, was, what I, was, I was just about to say that. Yeah, Don't like, try not to be too racist. I understand our fan base is very honest, like we are, and we admire that, and we're non-PG, of course, and we don't censor any of our bullshit. But at the same time, try and keep it somewhat above board <laughs> and leave it to us for the, you know, the, the eventual OnlyFans Patreon that we'll probably drop at some point. Um. What are your thoughts on Braun Strowman versus Shane? Oh, wait, no, not Shane McMahon. Elias, apparently Shane McMahon done his knee. This was clearly a work. Otherwise, they wouldn't have filmed it. (laughs) This is what annoys me. Don't show us footage of it. That makes it so fake. It does. Like, just have the thing. Just be like, yeah, here's a photo of him doing his knee. And then the internet can be like, oh, we're not actually sure whether they pulled it because of whatever. But they're obviously waiting till WrestleMania. Shane McMahon says, yo, Elias, you want to be at WrestleMania even though you are the drizzling shits now? Yeah, sure, you can take my place. Braun Strowman comes out, smashes him in about three minutes, and it's done. 
Uh, yeah, it happened. Move on. Yeah, it was a match. Um, yeah, do you know what? Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, a good match. Not as spectacular as the internet would have you uh, think. Uh, this, right, is a very good case of what happens when you're not given much to start with. And then when you're given a little bit of something that's good, people blow it out of control. Wrestling fans are so unbelievably over the top with a hyperbole. And of course, people are like, oh my God, Seth Rollins and Shitsuke Nakamura, this should have this main event of Wrestle Kingdom. This should be a WrestleMania. It, should it? Not really. I thought it was good though. It was a good enough match. Seth Rollins gets the win with the curb stomp. Your thoughts on this lovely mid-card match? I mean, it would definitely be a great SmackDown main event. Yeah, that's what it felt to me. This, uh, Do you know what? Up to this point, I felt like we were watching the world's most secretive house show. It was yeah. a house show dressed as a pay-per-view. And I thought, these are all house show matches, you know? Um, and this very much felt like a main event of a house show. But was it good? Absolutely. I would have been very happy if I paid money to see this and it was a match on a SmackDown or a house show. But I don't think it matched up to pay-per-view quality. Now, people will say, yeah, but Fastlane's a crap pay-per-view anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Okay, I understand that. But, eh. I, the fact that Cesaro didn't come out either and get involved... Um, doesn't really lend itself well to the storyline. Obviously, they're trying to sell the fact that Cesaro was severely injured when he was battered on SmackDown um, a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of cool in some senses because we moan, don't we, about how they don't sell anything and they get wrecked or hit by a bus and then they're back two nights later on a house show or whatever. So from that perspective, I don't mind, but I think it might have actually added a little bit more if maybe Cesaro come down and distracted him. But at the same time, I think they've already made a conscientious decision to split Nakamura and Cesaro. So they don't want to kind of hint at, you know, a realigning of those two. And, you know, you did give them your worst tag team of the year last year. So, <laughs> and off yeah. the back of that, they seem to be highly motivated and doing very well for themselves. So apparently, well, Kyle good. giving you an award. See, Kyle Wilkinson can really get some spirit going in these boys. Shinsuke Nakamura, you are welcome for the wrestle plug. You are welcome. <laughs> um, I mean, I uh, I got surprised when Seth came out to burn it down. I was like that oh, yeah, kind of. Doing, he has been doing that since. Oh, he was so, down. okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I I love that theme. I always did. You know what that is? That's because they've worked out that they can actually make more money off of burn it down as a slogan of merchandise, even if he is still a dick. <laughs> That's yeah. all that is. Because they kind of teased it. He comes down. I don't know if you saw his return on SmackDown. He comes out to burn it down. The whole roster's around the ring. He comes out. He goes, I've changed. I've become a father. And then he becomes a dick again. And he's like, and because of that, I feel like I'm even more equipped to be a leader. <laughs> oh, great. You haven't changed at all, you fella. And that's how we led to this rivalry, obviously, because Cesaro was at ringside just going, what a dick. And Seth Rollins was like, how dare you? And that's pretty much what you have for a rivalry. So it's not the best of booking, but it's still better than sparklers at the end of your grand pay-per-view, isn't it? So just saying. Boom. <sighs> Boom. It's, it's a sound around. that we did not get at <laughs> Revolution. <laughs> so I just gone. Boom. Yeah. So at this point, I thought, okay, that was okay. But overall, this has been a real wet fart, hasn't it? And then out come the boys, the meaty horses. The lads. The la lads, lads, of course. Look at it, look at it, it's beautiful. Um, I love Ireland, man, and I love Scotland. And forgive me for being a little bit of a homer, but obviously Scotland's part of the wonderful United Kingdom, and we have such a great relationship with Ireland. And um, they're two places that are really close to my heart. You know, my partner's family all come from Ireland. 
my mum actually spent a lot of time living in Scotland as well in Kilmarnock. So we've got a real connection and affiliation with Scotland. And then they had this incredible promo beforehand. This is probably the most underrated promo they've ever had for a match that I've ever seen that people should remember, but won't, I don't think, because of my way and, you know, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker and those kind of things. Um, it was beautiful. What a story they told of how, you know, 20 years ago, all that footage of them from Irish whip wrestling, you know, back in the sort of early noughties. And just, it just felt really emotional and you felt connected to it. And all of a sudden I was drawn back into this and this actually felt like it should have been WrestleMania worthy. You want to talk about matches that deserve to be at WrestleMania or on a big pay-per-view marquee? This was it. I would have been very happy, actually, with this being the main event, especially with what they delivered. Seamus and Drew McIntyre went no holds barred and quite literally tried to murder each other. And this was the meatiest of meaty hoss clashes. And I was highly erect and standing to attention because my meaty hossometer was going absolutely off the Richter scale. Son. Beautiful stuff. Well done, lads. Yeah, you know, Drew came out with like the William Wallace kind of stylish face paint. <laughs> I mean, when I first saw it, like, because it was all like smudged and stuff, like as he was coming out, I'm like, I mean, it makes him look more badass, but I kind of like if, you know, they come in, the lines are really defined and then it smudges because of the sweat. And as the match goes, it makes it look a little, but like, I don't know where I have any right to say that because I'm not an artist. I don't fucking know. It just would have been, I don't know, preference of mine. But the match itself delivered on all accounts. These two put on brilliant matches every time they're together. Best robbery it is, I thought. Oh, absolutely. No. Master. Loved it. And just to talk about the video packages for a second before I get back on it, each match tonight, I think for the most part, had really good video packages beforehand. We'll talk about the Brian Roman one next which I, again, I really, really like that one. But just if you could say one thing about Fastlane this year is like the pre-match vignettes were really, really good because WWE, for all of their problems, all of the things people complain about, their video editing and their video packages have always been top-notch. Yeah, they're the best in the world at that. And that's down to having the budget, having the production. Um, the one thing I will say is I felt that WWE actually worked incredibly hard to make Fastlane feel like a legitimate pay-per-view. And actually... The matches themselves, for the most part, at least apart from the two that we really wanted to be good, which were, kind of shit the bed a little bit. You know, even if they weren't terrible, they just didn't feel like big pay-per-view marquee matches. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins was an excellent exhibition in what you could do, but it felt very early doors. And also, it's a rivalry that was built off of what? Two days build? So it's very hard to be emotionally invested in something like that. This was fucking phenomenal. Um... Even the, you know, even the LED boards when the sparks go flying and stuff, still a better fireball promo, whatever you want to call it. Still better pyro than revolution. I'm just saying. <laughs> They're never going to hear the end of that because ultimately if WWE had done that, they certainly would never let them hear the end of it. So you can just shut up and take your lumps like everybody else does in wrestling. Poor Kenny, bless his heart. Um, I, I just thought it was great. I just thought it was beautiful. And I did say to you, didn't I? I was a little bit worried. Can they match up to the two incredible matches they've had on Raw? Because their matches on Raw have been genuine classics, instant classics. And yeah, they did. And they found something different. And it was physical. And (sighs) what can I say, mate? Britain and Ireland, we just fucking promote and produce proper lads when it comes to wrestling. No, 100%. 
think about all of the great re- i mean you know i don't know if you i mean obviously you've been sort of front row to see someone like trent seven for instance you look at him and you think oh what a flashy little fancy he is when he gets in the ring he kicks some fucking ass and he can take a lever in two you know i saw him wrestle for 30 minutes against volta volta literally unloaded the gas tank on him and he took all of it like a fucking boss he was like yeah you can fucking chop me in the eyes you can't like he was just like i think i've seen a video of that one sort of volta chops him and he just fucking timbers straight down like a tree yeah, it's the funniest it, thing. Yeah, he did it against Minoru Suzuki as well. It's just like <laughs> it's the best bump in the history of chopping. I love it so much. That and when Adam Cole does a backflip off of Volta's chop, that is incredible too. But I just, you know, okay, I'm a little bit biased, obviously, with the kind of hometown or home country or you know, home station whatever you want to fucking call it. But the reality is that I just feel like we do produce tougher guys. And if you look at the history of this business, guys like British Bulldog and Dynamite Kid and you know, all the guys who went through the British system or the European style of graphing, even guys like Volta and stuff like that, the guys from Germany, you know, William Regal is a, probably one of the most shines of fit Finley as well. You know, everybody can fucking kick some ass and take an ass whooping too. You've got to learn to really take a shit kicking to survive it. Ultimately, it's because we don't have guns and we can't just go around shooting each other. That's why we have to be fucking ass because we have to know how to actually fight. <laughs> So, yeah, great match. Fantastic. Now then, <laughs> what in fuck's name was this? Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss. Um, hmm. um, yeah. Right. Um, well, well, we kind of got what we wanted in the sense that The Fiend came back. Now, I felt that of all the crazy, hilarious carnival things they've done, this might have been the worst until the end uh i didn't like the setup of the match i thought alexa bliss looked so fucking hot um like even with the makeup it just took it to another level and i was actually in love i was like holy shit um i think i might have fallen (laughs) it's like you're so dark and so evil i've fallen and i can't get up that's basically what Randy Orton's excuse was at the end. <laughs> um, oh, that was just unnecessary. I was like, I hate you so much. I hate you so much right now, Orton. You have everything going for you. You do not need that as well. Fuck you, sir. Um, yeah, all cretinous notions aside, this was a spectacle, uh, but it was let down by wonky editing, which didn't help. Remember the fire burst at the start where he goes for it at the corner and the fire comes yeah. out. It's this terrible camera angle. And I just thought, and this is this is why, Kevin Dunn, you were never working great theater productions or Hollywood or whatever you want to do with the silver screen because you're a hokey butt tooth piece of shit who can't fucking edit and save your life. I could have edited that better. I was really, as someone who does a lot of videography, I was really annoyed by that. I thought that is poor. That is very poor. The rigging coming down was just whatever. You know, I've seen all this stuff before. And do I like the overall storytelling? Yes. Do I like the overall creative? Yes. Because I'm getting Alexa Bliss as an insanely, ridiculously, ridiculously hot woman who's just like so evil. And also I love The Fiend. Um, What did you think about The Fiend's return? He bursts out from the canvas and he looks like he has... (sighs) He's been to a lagoon or two by the look of it. Um, What did you think of his presentation um kind of like a discount store freddy krueger a lot of people likened him to one of the zombies off the walking dead i mean 
I understand the look they were going for. You know, he was burned alive. And, like, all the burn and the scorch marks, like, it was cool. The arm stuff was really good. Yeah. Um, the makeup on his arms was really good because that looked like genuine, you know, high-degree burns. So, but, of course, the mask... I actually thought he looked quite cool. I, I did. I liked the look. And I think, you know, we've had worse ones, haven't we? You know, we've had Kane yeah. do this before and stuff. So, I, I think it could have been a lot worse. Um the contact lenses were really cool. Like the, yeah, because one like of the, the eyes, the eyes, genuinely like, it was yeah, very it was really done. neat. One thing I like about Bray Wyatt is he he really puts a lot of effort into make like you know remember when he first came out with that you know the original fiend mask we were like holy shit and that mask cost thousands and he's really passionate about getting his point across. So mm-hmm. I like that and there's obviously a cadence about him you know i'm going to try and make this look as legitimately terrifying as possible and i i'm trying to put myself in 12 year old Aaron nix's shoes because i reckon i probably would lose my tits over this in much the same way i did over kane versus the undertaker back in the 90s and it's difficult because you know everyone's trying really hard and i feel like everyone's doing a good job again randy orton throws up that black stuff what does that even mean it doesn't really mean anything. That's the problem. There needs to be at least somewhat of an explanation, even if it's the most wacky, ridiculous, non-logical, nonsensical thing. Have some explanation as to why he's throwing up black. Have some explanation as to why he sees himself in the mirror or something. You know, people are like, oh, you don't need to because it's a horror movie and they're suspending your disbelief and all that. I was like, yeah, but there must be, even kids must be watching this thinking, that's fucking dumb, man. <laughs> like, like, it's really weird. It's it, There's a line right here, right? And on this side is incredible. And on this side is fucking stupid. And they are just like this all the time. And he's just like, oh. And I'm waiting for the payoff. Because if the payoff works, fine. That's obviously going to be at WrestleMania. How much longer do you think this rivalry has in it? Do you think it's got much more legs going? Or do you think it just has to stop at WrestleMania? I think WrestleMania is the cap. I don't think you can keep going. Um, I'm hoping, I was really hoping tonight, and I wanted to mention it real quick, that we would see, I didn't want to see The Fiend tonight. I think we talked about this at some point before. I didn't want to see The Fiend in person. I wanted to see, like, you know, Orton RKO himself. Give me that carny shit. Just. Going full Ethan Page with it. Yeah. Oh, man. That man, I'm not, uh, Ethan Page at AEW gives me a reason to watch it. But, like, I was hoping for some of that, you know, carny bullshit. We did get, we got some of it, you know, coming out of the ground, Alexa being super crazy and hot and stuff. But if this goes any longer than WrestleMania, I think it's going to get boring. And saying fiend and boring in the same sentence are not things that should be happening. Yeah, there's not much else I want to add to it. I'm glad he's back. Uh, and especially, I should point out as well, we got the announcement. Rhea Ripley makes her debut tomorrow night on Raw. So Raw's looking nice quite stacked. You. You've got The Fiend, you've got Orton, you know, you've got Alexa Bliss on there. You've got Rhea Ripley making her debut. You know, there, there's plenty there to suggest that Raw should be quite meaty, particularly as we didn't see some of Raw's heavy hitters, guys like Bobby Lashley, The Miz, John Morrison, even Bad Bunny, who you thought may have been kind of shoehorned in at the last minute. None of them were there. I've got to be honest, I really enjoyed that Old Spice commercial much more than I thought. Oh, yeah. Here it is yeah. out proving why he is such a hilarious commodity. He's like, truth! 
Luther just drags him out of the fucking deodorant section. I was like, I love that. I thought that was funny. And also that guy from NXT Developmental dressed as um, I think it was what was his name, Joe Average, and then yeah, um, yeah, and Cameron rather brilliantly, our boy Cam. Do you see his tweet where he said, "Surely Joe Average and Jake something should be a tag team." I was like. <laughs> actually kind of good i like that that's good shit um yeah it was it was shenanigans there was plenty of shenanigans and we kind of expected it to be the way it was and the way that she just sat on brandy on a straddled him and she got the pin i was just like i i don't want to be that guy but i was just like oh come on come on man man <laughs> anyway um there was a main event to this show for the Universal Championship, my heart was broken as Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan play this. Now, this seems to have divided the internet. A lot of people said it was too long and it was too boring. Um, those people can Are fuck. wrong? <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you what? thought this was boring and too long, what? So, do you know what the problem was? Uh, this is why wrestling fans are, let's be honest, pretty much universally hated by everyone who doesn't watch wrestling or doesn't like wrestling at all uh, because of this ridiculous entitlement. Finally, right, after, let's be honest, this is a terrible generation for storytelling because everyone wants everything now. We must have everything now, 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 now. Everyone's ready and patient. So these guys go out. And what's the biggest complaint? Oh, wrestling's too fast. There's too much flipping. There's too much nonsense. These guys went out there and told frankly a perfect story uh roman reigns the big powerhouse brawler i don't need to be technical i can just beat the fuck out of you little man daniel bryan playing with him you know luring him like he did brock lesnar a survivor series and you just thought masterful this is why daniel bryan is regarded as one of the greatest of all time because of matches like this and this did exactly what the 2016 fast lane match did going into i believe wrestlemania 31 where it was like, whoever wins will face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And, you know, Danny Bryan put Roman Reigns over while still making himself look exceptional. And at that time, the fans resented Roman Reigns beyond belief. <clears throat> and this time around, they don't. But we don't really know because they're not there. Um, but I reckon he's going to get quite the pop, actually, especially at Mania, because <sighs> coming out of this, it's actually hard not to feel like Roman... <laughs> This is worrying because the only guy that I really, really feel sorry for, and this is what I'm supposed to do, is Daniel Bryan. Um, because, you know, obviously the end of the match, spoiler alert if you haven't watched it, um, you know, Daniel Bryan looks like he's going to win. There's been a lot of shenanigans. Jey Uso's got involved. There's been a chair involved. Uh, Daniel Bryan accidentally hits Edge with a chair. Uh, he, you know, he then somehow gets Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns taps as well, which is quite an iconic image, albeit a very light tap, very clever. You know, oh, hopefully nobody will see it, but I'm tapping out because I'm in so much pain and I'm almost passed out. And I thought Paul Heyman was incredible during this match. His facial expressions were... Oh, oh. Every time the camera, even if he wasn't focused on the camera, you could yeah, see even just like in the corner. Yeah, you could see his face. He, the number one rule of wrestling, assume the camera is always on you. Brilliant, mm -hmm. brilliant. This is why Paul Heyman is worth every penny. Might be an asshole to many people, but I'll tell you what, he is one very talented asshole who gets the business very well. Um, but yeah, obviously, Danny Bryan, you know, Roman Reigns is tapping out, and boom, there's that chair shot from Edge, and you just it, bro it broke my heart, which showed you how special I thought the storytelling was because I was like, oh, why? Why, of all the people, you, Edge? Like, I can't believe it. 
Edge is furious. He's ferocious. Um, you know, he's like, this is supposed to be my fucking moment. You're just trampling all over it. And egos and attitudes are getting out of hand. And Edge storms off and Roman Reigns capitalizes on the beatdown that was administered to both men. And he pins Daniel Bryan to retain his title. And right now it looks like one-on-one. So what do you make of all of that? It's a lot to unpackage because... You know, you see just for that match, to be honest. Probably could. Because like you say, you see, you know, Brian reverses the spear into the yes lock, smooth as fuck, which was so so good. Chef's kiss. (laughs) And yeah, you see Roman like, you know, passing it, like doing that light tap it because he's dying. And then one of my favorite superstars of all time ruins the ending. Because, you know. He got hit by an accident, you know, an accidental shot. I get it. But that sucked because to me, as much as I want Edge and Roman, it kind of taints the end of that match for me. You know, Roman doesn't get that definitive win because you saw him tap. He pins him after a chair shot. It does make Roman look a little weak. He'll get, he'll survive. He's in no risk at all. <laughs> yeah, he'll be all right. Like, yeah, he, he's good. He's going to main event WrestleMania for like the fifth time in seven years. I think he's doing okay. But I don't know. It was... I could see them wanting to try and make it a three-way now. I could I see it. But I do I want to see Brian take the fall so Roman still looks strong if Edge wins? Not really. Like, I don't know who I would... I don't want any of those guys to take the fall. So it would be very complicated and I think difficult to make that work. I worry how... You can unwrap it many ways. Now, in an isolated moment, it's a masterpiece. I think it's very close to a five-star match, in my opinion. It's That's subjective, I know. You know, some people, it may be a one-star match. Those people are stupid as far as I'm concerned. But wrestling is all subjective. And what do you want from a match? I enjoy storytelling and well-paced and well-thought-out maneuvers as opposed to one million flips inside 10 minutes. It's not my cup of tea. Um, But I worry about the direction of the characters. Now, I trust that these people can come out of this and make the crowd and make us as wrestlers or wrestling fans believe that, you know, we can still root for them in some form or fashion. But at the end of this match, the only person that I wanted to root for was Danny Bryan. In many ways, this feels like the way WrestleMania 30 should have been booked. It should be all leading towards Danny Bryan tapping out either Roman Reigns or Edge at WrestleMania, becoming WWE champion. Maybe he is going to... Maybe he's going to sail off into the sunset like he said he was. And maybe they're thinking, okay, we need to give you one last opportunity because you have been amazing and you have come back. And he's still the most relatable character, isn't he? The reason we all love Daniel Bryan is because we can all relate to being the little guy who doesn't get the opportunities because the bigger stars and the more hype, you know, even the way he spoke about Edge at the Royal Rumble and how he, um, Elimination Chamber, excuse me, when he speared... Uh, Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan said I had to sit there after getting you know not even getting a fair crack at the Universal Championship I had to lay there and look up at the lights and see you celebrating in a spot that should belong to me and why should I take a back seat for the rest of my life 
the shiny stars like yourselves just because I'm not as fanciful and I actually think this is tenfold better than the build to WrestleMania 30 because that wasn't really that organic and it didn't feel very relatable. It just felt like it was kind of forced in because everyone was having a right whinge and like, I don't get what I want at WrestleMania. I hate Batista. Me, where's Blue? Me. This, you genuinely sit there and think, fuck, Danny Bryan deserves to win that. Danny Bryan should have won that. And that's why I loved it, because it made me emote and it made me feel. And how often does wrestling make you feel anymore? Not very much. Not very much at all. Um, not usually. But I was a little bit disappointed because if you go for the singles match, which I don't think they're going to do anyway, but if you did, now all of a sudden you're fucked, aren't you? Who are you supposed to cheer for? You stitched up Daniel Bryan, Edge, so now I can't cheer for you nearly as much as I would. Do I cheer for Roman Reigns, who has been the biggest dickhole in the entire history of the new brand of SmackDown? So, you know, uh, I think they are going to shoehorn Daniel Bryan in, but the problem is, if Daniel Bryan's not going to win, I think that's going to really fucking turn the crowd. So it might be advisable to have this as the main event of night one. Because at least then you can have the ultimate feel-good finish at the end of night two and people will somewhat forget, won't they? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, last year's WrestleMania was two nights and they gave us a feel-good ending for both, didn't they? You know, Undertaker riding off into the sunset or should I say the night and obviously Drew McIntyre overcoming the beast. I really wanted my fantasy booking to come true. I really wanted Lesnar to come down and cost Roman Reigns and then, you know, just meaty hoss galore at WrestleMania. I didn't get it. And I wonder if Lesnar's ever coming back, to be honest. I really do. If he does, it'll be a mania, surely. Not until, I don't know, man, not until full capacity crowds, I bet. <clears throat> he, yeah. He's he happy just paydays. Payday. staying up, up on there in North Minnesota, chopping down trees. <laughs> I didn't realize they talk like Canadians as well. That's good stuff. They're right on the border. Are they? Oh, okay, fair yep. enough. I, my geographical, uh, you know, representation of the United States is not as it should be. I know that Michigan's fairly north, and I know that. Yeah, to be fair, yeah, no, that makes sense. Actually, we got friends yeah, it's in kind of, them. It's kind of. I'm trying to think. Uh, it's kind of like middle top ish, probably below like Alberta, Saskatchewan, our provinces. Middle America, good stuff. Yeah, I know Minnesota is a very big country state in a lot of ways, so. But, you know, big, beautiful city as well, to be fair. Not Minnesota, Minneapolis, excuse me, which I believe is the state. Um, yeah, no, I I loved it, but... <sighs> they painted themselves into a corner. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm very curious to see what they do, and I have to watch SmackDown now to know truly how they're going to unpack that. And the great thing about SmackDown is you've got to wait a few days. It's not like Raw, where you're instantaneously the next night like, <gasps> what's going on? <laughs> and yeah, you get like a week to digest it. Yeah, and I feel like Raw suffers from that sometimes because you haven't got enough time to truly think about it and really form your own opinions. Whereas with SmackDown, you've got to wait till Friday. So you've got nearly a whole week now to sit there and almost, you know, broil and just fester under the opinions of what happened. And what the fuck did... Oh, fuck's sake, Edge. I'm still going to root for Edge at WrestleMania because he's my boy. But I'm just a little part of me is like, you did Daniel Bryan dirty, bruv. I'm not happy about that at all. Any final words on that match, mate? I mean, they call, the Edge the ultimate, they call Edge the ultimate opportunist, but what opportunity did he make hitting Daniel Bryan? The ironic thing is, and I hope they're going to lean on this storytelling if they are going to put Daniel Bryan in, the idea is that the ultimate opportunist actually took an opportunity away from himself by putting Daniel Bryan, or maybe it's going to be all a big grand scheme turn so that he can use Daniel Bryan in the triple threat to get what he wants. I could still... Could, 
I mean, they could try and turn edge heel, but if I, it would be hard, I think. But then again, people love Daniel Bryan so much. They've loved him since he come back. It's, it could be doable. It's a gamble though. One that I would really enjoy to see actually. I, you have to put faith in their creative team. Are they going to come through in the clutch when it matters most? They have the opportunity to do so. Uh, Drew McIntyre's got it easy, hasn't it? Because it's just him versus Bobby Lashley, two meaty horses. Right, we'll just do what we were doing with Sheamus, but insert the black guy instead. <laughs> it's what it is, no problem. But with this, it's, it's convoluted. But I feel like the people who didn't like this match, I don't want to be rude, but I feel like they're people who are just too stupid to get it. I, I really believe that. I believe that if you didn't like any semblances match or you didn't understand the psychology that was told and the nods to past Daniel Bryan matches and even nods to past Roman Reigns matches and the match of 2016, I feel like you just are one of those fans who just doesn't get it in the moment, who just only lives for that moment. And that's okay to a certain extent, but I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice. And I feel like if you actually paid attention to past stuff and went back and maybe watched it and then sat down and really dissected this you would understand there were a lot of nuances and a lot of different things. And do you know what? I like the fact that the tempo just kept building slowly and slowly. It had that very Japanese feel. You know, mm -hmm. this would have blown the roof off the Tokyo Dome. No question. And of course, if it was in the Tokyo Dome, then big old Tuna Meltzer probably would have given it... 12 stars. stars. Oh, have you heard? He's got an infinite star rating now. He came out the other day and said that actually my star rating is infinite. So technically, if you only got four or five stars, that means you're shit because infinite stars would suggest five is not that good. So I think Meltzer might be a little bit off the wagon at this point. So maybe somebody should check out his medication. Fucking moron. But then again, he did think Tony Khan was Booker at so... Our, our fucking archaic dinosaur. That's just that's just comical. Don't even hate AEW. Still cover it every week, but hey, we're not we're not immune to criticism, and we've certainly criticised this enough. Um, Carl Wilkinson, thank you very much for joining me to discuss mm -hmm. WWE Fastlane. Thanks for having me, buddy. I like when I first started watching it. I wasn't that excited. It was kind of boring, but the last half definitely definitely boosted the show up. I'd probably give it you know a solid solid three juniors and a Bollywood boy. Yeah, I'd be slightly... Do you know what? Three genders maximum for me. Out of five. Three out, three out of five genders. If it had Jinder Mahan on it, maybe four. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, he is worth one by himself, if I remember yeah. correctly. Uh, if you want a normal rating, which is fucking boring, I'll probably give it about six out of ten. Uh, I don't think it was as horrible as we thought it might have been, just because the two major matches, obviously Drew and Sheamus, and of course the main event, Roman and Daniel, were just fucking phenomenal, but... I um yeah I I can't help but feel that this pay per view maybe would have actually for instance Braun Strowman versus Elias could you not have put Street Profits versus Rudin Ziggler in there I know I'm not a huge fan of those guys but at least you're guaranteed a certain quality of matchup you know could you not have had Dominic Mysterio maybe challenge for the you know the cruiserweight title or something that would be pretty cool maybe have a two hundred five live spectacle um could you not have bumped Riddle and Ali onto the main show. Maybe people might have taken it a little bit more seriously and enjoyed it a little bit more if it was on the main show. I don't know. But overall, it wasn't horrible. I've seen much worse pay-per-views, but it's definitely probably the worst pay-per-view I've seen so far this year out of all the big companies. So, yeah. it, you know. It was serviceable, but nothing to write home about. Yes, exactly <laughs> what it was, mate. It was very, very, very average. 
you know, apart from the two matches, which were four star and above bangers. So it is what it is. But ladies and gentlemen, let us know what you thought. We didn't get any interactions, which is fine because I know that it's a crazy o'clock in the morning and a lot of our fans obviously watch it after the fact or watch it the next morning for whatever reason. So let us know what you thought. At least it was nice to know that it had wrapped up at a reasonable time. And, you know, I'm not going to bed at five or six o'clock in the morning like I normally do when I watch these pay-per-view spectaculars. But in the comments below, let us know what you thought of Fastlane. Do you think we were unnecessarily harsh on some things? And do you think that we were too nice on certain other things it's entirely up to you guys this podcast is as much yours as it is mine and don't forget that we are one subscriber away from 300 so somebody please subscribe because at the end of the day i'm giving away a tea so there's no skin off of your back surely somebody wants a free t-shirt especially in this fucking financial climate pull your thumbs out <laughs> so it's just unacceptable is what it is but for myself Aaron X, and from carl wilkinson thank you very much for joining us and we will catch you very soon for a lot more content, especially this week, there's going to be some ruffling of feathers, I assure you, with some very special interviews. But I will catch you very soon for more content from the Wrestle Plug.